0: This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice, so please seek the advice of your physician. As a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the AJ podcast. I'm here today with a guest. Her name is Laura Swingler. She's a a sports physiologist, exercise physiologist actually, and a sports nutritionist, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Nailed it. Perfect. (laughs) Almost nailed it. Um, And I, she reached out to me and she said, Hey, listen to your show. Love it. And have my own story I want to tell. And you know, I'm always down <laughs> for someone else in like the health and wellness coaching space to um to come and share their journey because I think it's really helpful for anyone else in a similar position right where they were like a um anything a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, a doctor, a gynecologist, you know, and and they started down this route for all the right reasons, hit some obstacles and ended up with HA and they you know when once they fight their way out of it they're always able to like bring it into their work with other people and so I love having conversations with people like this so I was excited to have you on the show welcome Laura
1: thank you so much for having me I'm so excited to be here
0: (laughs) yeah good have you um I, I do notice you have a YouTube video maybe a couple of them about your HA journey but have you been sharing about it for quite a while
1: Um, yeah, originally that's why I started my Instagram. Like that was way before, like I ever started my coaching business is literally just to share my experience about HA, because like when I was diagnosed with it, I had no idea what it was. So I'm assuming that so many women are going through it and they probably have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: So where, uh, whereabouts do you live? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, how this all began.
1: Yeah, so I currently live on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Um, I'm actually moving to Bali in a month, which I'm so excited about. Um, but yeah, I've like been on the Sunshine Coast probably for like eight years now. I did university here and then straight from university, I went straight into like a um, an ex-phys role. So I was working in the rehab space. Um I was like, this is not for me. I don't love it. And that's why I sort of like was trying to find different avenues of what I could do. And then I like through my own story and just being like, okay, this is kind of where I want to go down, helping women who are like pretty much under eating and over exercising. Um, That's when I started my Instagram to really build some momentum, start to build an audience. And then when was that? How long ago was that? um i would say that's like three years ago now yeah okay cool yeah it was always in the background like i wanted to work for myself i wanted to do my own thing but of course like i couldn't just go from nothing to full-time work um so yeah just started growing my instagram growing my audience really sharing my story and that just kind of resonated with a lot of people just with the whole um, body image most importantly because at the end of the day I that was my biggest struggle um, and then yeah so kept growing kept growing going through my journey like through getting my period back and to now is it's been a roller coaster but now I am like fully working for myself coaching only women pretty much in the space of restricted eating I'm trying to fall into the space before they get to ha so really help them with their eating behaviors and their exercising before it goes too far that's the kind of space that i'm trying to slip into um and then yeah and that's and yeah now loving it i love all my clients and it's freaking amazing and it's so nice to be able to help girls and it's nice to have like like, show empathy and, like, really understand what they're feeling and how what they're going through because I've done it, like, been there myself. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's, really nice it's, that story. it's very cool how um this
0: path for many people opens up, like, a whole new career. Mm. Uh, the, it's very funny. I mean, same with me. And I did, I also do believe that the fact that you've been through it and understand the thought processes and the weird conversations you have with yourself in your head and all of the fears and things, it makes you significantly better at working with your clients. Cause yes, you do understand. You can, you can tell, Hey, have you ever had this thought mm. because you know that they have, and then they, it builds trust. And what this process requires is trust. Like the person that you're working with, that woman needs to know that you understand what they're trying to do, what's important to them, what they're afraid of and, and how to fix it. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. (laughs) So then tell me from the beginning, you know, how, what happened with you? Tell us your story. How long do
1: you got? No. <laughs> um, my story—it's always—it started when I—it's always started from when we we're young, right? It was constant struggle with body image. Like, I was the girl that was, you know, developed before all my friends. I was always like the bigger one. I was um, always quite self-conscious. In who I was and of course as I got older and got into high school that got like just worse because I was like looking at all my friends constantly around me and they were always so small and I was like always comparing myself to them and just really being like ne- never really necessarily happy with like who I was as a person. It wasn't that bad until I guess I got more in, a little bit older more probably like late teens even to early 20s when it really got like significantly disordered I should say in terms of thoughts patterns eating behaviors exercise routines um and yeah that is when I found the gym which is kind of like grateful love it to this day but that is I guess how um the training became a little bit more unhealthy I could say (laughs) so through university um is also when so in this time like let's say like early 20s was when i started doing group fitness i started doing challenges i started doing all these crazy diets because i just wanted to lose weight i was never happy inside my body and i was never happy with what i looked like so literally like i tried it all like i've done paleo i've done keto i've done um vegan i've done so many di- like i was trying so many different diets just to look a certain way and like sure it was successful for you know like the eight weeks or the two months that I was doing them but every single time at the end of the challenge I would just um, end up sort of like, like I would be happy and then because I was never fully taught about nutrition I was never really like educated on like actually how to do it it was always like Follow this meal plan, follow these calories, follow this style of eating. As soon as that was away, I was like, what the do I do? Like, I'm so confused. (laughs) So as you can see, there was lots of like yo-yo dieting through that time. And of course, while I was doing that, like as I was doing paleo, I was doing CrossFit five times a week. So as you like, that just sounds so dumb to me now. It's just like so much exercise for the amount of food I was eating. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, the amount of carbs I was eating as well. Cause I was like eating vegetables and fat and protein. Like at least I can laugh at it now. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah,
0: I mean, it kind of is like, it is kind of like, it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: And it's ridiculous that these trainers are allowing you to do that. That's oh, what I don't know. My, that's don't. what hurts my heart the most. <laughs> I really believe
0: that for the most part, if they truly understood, they wouldn't. Like it's it's like none of this was malicious. Yeah. I don't think.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I always say that, like the trainer is like obviously they're um, prescribing what's like worked for them and a lot of people. So yes, it is successful for some people. That's why I'm huge on you got to find what works for you and your body that makes you feel good. So absolutely, I was just yeah. Um. So yeah, dieting, lots of exercise, under eating, and then during that time was when my period started to become irregular. I hadn't fully lost it yet. It was probably like when I was about 23, oh, probably 22 was the point where I like completely lost it. And then I was like, I was a little bit concerned about it. Um, and I was like, oh, but like not too concerned that I was like, like had to do anything about it because I was like, oh, okay, um, maybe like I don't, I don't know what I was thinking at that time, to be honest, but I, I didn't really care about it. It wasn't until like I didn't have it probably solid for like two years. Then as I was getting a little bit older, like I was getting, you know, like to the 25, I was like, okay, like I need to take this serious now because like what if I want to have babies and I don't have a period? So that's the point. That's the thing that got me. I was like, okay, cool. You need to sort your period out. You need to find out what's going on. So for the future, if you want to have babies, then you're regular. So I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, you need to go on the pill. And then I said, I don't really want to do that because I really don't think that's going to help me fix my problem. Um, I've been on the pill before. It made me turn me into a psycho. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. But yeah, just like okay. such, a, such a terrible experience. And I was like, hard oh, no, I'm not doing that. There's got to be some sort of other way um so during that time when i was like contemplating okay i've got to do something about this was exactly the same time where i started my abs- like my last fitness challenge that i ever did because that f- fitness challenge like destroyed my soul <laughs> it was a uh, like super strict like eating like 1600 calories and training you know 5 days a week um And I invested a lot of money into it. So then I was like super strict, like I had to do it. So already not having a period, then going into something like that really, really like destroyed my relationship with food even more, destroyed my relationship with my body and just obviously messed me up tenfold. (laughs) Um, I lost so much weight. I was so small, like I look back and I'm like you look sick and I just my heart hurts for her because it was just I was so fixated on looking a certain way and I thought this was the answer to myself being confident in myself me actually liking my body but it turns out I'm so glad I did it because it made me the complete opposite it made me realize that I'm not happy I have a problem I need to fix this
0: yeah it was like your the catalyst yeah your moment I think we all have that moment and yeah yeah okay cool so you have this epiphany and you realize what am I doing like (laughs) none of this is heading in the right direction so what did you decide to do next
1: that is the moment where I got help Mm. I was like I'm crying for eating an apple because it's too much over my calories Mm. Uh, ah yes yes (laughs) <laughs> like you're feeling guilt that you're eating this apple. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's. Yeah. It wasn't even guilt. It was like irrationally sad. Like I was so upset. Shame. with Shame. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So shame. Yeah. yeah. Um, fights with my partner. He was like, you can't like, it's, you, we're not happy. You're not happy. You got to do something about this. And that's when I reached out for help and I started working with someone that specialized in hypothalamic amenorrhea at the time. And that was the point where like my journey switched and I, that was when I like found out, okay, cool. You can help me with this hypothalamic amenorrhea. This is what it is. This is what I need to do. And it it was freaking hard. I'm not going to lie. It was terrifying because like this person was telling me everything against what I have believed for so long. And she's like, okay, you've got to eat more and train less. Obviously not delivered like that, but just in a... um, Yeah, but like uh, ultimately that's what... And
0: maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe it is, but you still needed to hear it from someone who like looked specifically at your case because you're, you know, we're in a denial part. Like I have all these doubts that this is what I need to do. So I need someone else to confirm that for me you know, it was the same thing for me and you may not realize it because you probably went into working with someone kind of knowing what you needed to do,
1: but being, you know,
0: unsure that you could do it or that Mm -hmm. it was a hundred percent necessary. Like that voice in your head is telling you, um, you know, nah, (laughs) she'll be right. Uh, So yeah. So that's cool. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Um, And it was the whole piece of like, because I didn't like before that challenge, I like, I, I didn't look like I was over exercising and under eating because I wasn't like, well, I think that's the body dysmorphia also coming into it. But I, yeah, to me when the doctor was like, um, yeah, you, you need to eat more and train less. I was like, what? No, I don't. I don't look like I have an eating disorder. I look normal, Mm. but obviously being in another, another belief system.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Another belief (laughs) system that needed to be changed. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so that was my turning point. I started working with someone and then she was, yeah, so, and it was really hard and I'm so um it's I resonate with so many girls going through that because it's literally like you have to watch your body change before your eyes and it's so difficult before getting the reward that you're after as well that's right exactly and it's like it's so hard when your whole life is you've been fighting with your own body image and then you're doing things that are Mm. complete opposite to help that is just so challenging it's so hard um so it was so nice to have support and to have someone to talk to and to have someone through that, because I reckon if I didn't have someone externally away from my family or my partner, like it would have been way too difficult. So um, um, yeah, super grateful for that. So yeah, it was like, um, slowly increasing my calories as I felt confident to do it the biggest thing for me was giving up the gym that's something that I didn't want to do and I like tapered down my training slowly slowly but I got to a point where I knew that that was the thing even though maybe it wasn't but at the time I really believed that that was the thing that was really stopping me from getting my period back completely so Eventually, with a lot of like debating in my head and a lot of conversation with my coach, I eventually gave the gym up as well and literally eating like I was eating more than two thousand five hundred calories. I was eating so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then. Yeah, so gave up the gym and then eventually I got my period back. And that moment I was like, all of this was so worth it because the day that I got it back, it was just like so good and so exciting and then it was like the turning point of being like, okay, cool, now we get to train with my cycle, we get to fuel our training to feel better and overall our life is going to be better because it's like I've healed my relationship with food, I've healed my relationship with my body and now we can just like be at this amazing space. So, Hey,
0: do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things. But in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be Still doing, and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference. Even we have created a checklist, it's a three page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery and it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off? Or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the com forward slash blind spot. And it will be waiting for you there. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Actually, my favorite part of working with people, you know, and with myself is that Okay. How do now we have to use our cycle uh, to yeah. work with our training and and optimize performance and that's actually something I want to get into is um marketing because I do do that but I don't really like scream it from the rooftops like performance yeah. performance menstruation coaching kind of thing yeah. um but I want to back up for a sec so okay um exercise physiologist sports nutritionist you said even though I think. I gave up exercise, even though I think in hindsight, maybe I don't need to do that. So I would love to stop there for a second and learn a little bit more about your hypothesis that, Mm. um, you know, like, what does it mean that maybe I didn't need to, but I still did it?
1: Mm. Um, I think for me, it was a control piece because I knew that was one thing that I could control to help because I was always wanted to like it was always about body image still like it was still about my body going through that Mm but it's like like and that's why I didn't want to give up the training because I knew that's when my body would change because if I I was still strength training I would still you know have body composition changes x y and z but the reason I say it is because I believe because I've seen it with a couple of girls now that you don't fully have to give up training completely I think that you do have to taper your training a lot, <laughs> like obviously get rid of any sort of high intensity, any sort of, you know, like heavy weights, things like that. But I think you can taper it and like still do it. And then obviously making sure you're fueling and eating enough for it. Um, yeah, that's just my point. I know there's like the all in is like give it up completely. I don't know your approach completely, but, um, but I, I, I just I think you could still do really like lightweights. I wish I kind of still just did it because it's more of like a, um, a mental thing, I think, than anything, because you still are doing something that you really like instead of everything that's taken away. But that's just my point of view. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's a really interesting topic and I talk about it actually kind of a lot Um, I have a lot of videos around exercise and a lot of episodes around exercise and recovery. Um, And I think that I do actually have a similar point of view and that we need to remember that what exercise actually means. And it's exercising is actually like practicing a skill, um, you know, moving in a way to like I actually forget what it is. I'm going to look it up because it's really important. Definition of exercise. I haven't memorized it. Activity requiring physical effort carried out to sustain or improve improve health and fitness. Hmm. You know, like this goal, uh, there's, there's two actually definitions and both are good. So, you know, is what you're doing actually moving you towards health and fitness? No. Okay, is there a way that does move you towards health and fitness. Yes, um, you need to maybe have a trained eye or understand how it works to get there, but it's highly likely um, that most people's current exercise regime is moving them away from health and fitness. And so that's like, there's it's a very important nuance. And then the other definition is um, a process or activity carried out for a specific purpose, especially one concerned with a, sp- um, a specified area or skill. Again, very specific. And none of those definitions are around like obsessively trying to be smaller or like lose weight. And we we get bad, like, and that's where that mental piece comes in. Whereas if everything you're doing is for that one goal, something needs to change. If you have, if you're able to have a relationship or work with someone who understands and follow instruction, then we can program something for you that will move you, you know, in the direction you're trying to go. And for you at this time, it's probably about, you know, moving in a way that's good for maintaining bone density. That's good for, um, you know, potentially maintaining some kind of muscle mass. That's good for mental health. Mm -hmm. There are so many benefits to exercise that if done 100% correctly and Mm -hmm. under the guidance of someone who knows what they're doing, probably even if you're a trainer yourself, uh, Cause you, you know, we all suck at programming for ourselves, Then there is a value. It's just, we understand that it's actually so, so hard to see the difference or to, to really tap in with like your intention behind the exercise you're doing. So that it's, it's so possible that what you needed to do was stop exercise 100% so that you could like rebuild that relationship with why you were doing it and get to this place that you're at today I hope that made sense to people
1: yeah yeah well it definitely makes sense to me and I completely agree and that's why I like if you're if you don't know what you're doing it's like it's so important to work with someone who knows what's going on and the intentions of your why why you're doing it and I have that conversation with my girls all the time it's like okay what's the why yeah that's right like yeah like let's forget about the aesthetics let's like let's think about your health let's think about how you feel let's think about your performance so yeah
0: and it's so hard like it's kind of I'm still learning how I want to best communicate this to people but i also really want to explain to them like you're actually moving yourself backwards <laughs> like yeah. if i was just coming to you from like personal trainer point of view you will get more muscle growth you will get better performance on less days of training <laughs> like, yeah like you like I'm telling you, you'll get everything you want if you listen to this advice. But if you listen to the voice in your head that's telling you you need to work off that apple that you ate, um, you will actually go backwards. It's ironic. Mm. Uh, maybe that was. Maybe that's the only, That's all I need to say.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Because that's why I love, like, as soon as I got got my period back and started fueling my training correctly, and like you said before, working in line with my cycle and understanding, okay, when I can train hard and when I have to pull back Mm -hmm. a little bit, like my training is, like, my body composition has changed so much and it's the best I've ever looked and I'm eating the most I ever have and training the least. So it's, it's like when you when girls understand that it's literally like (laughs) life-changing
0: yeah okay I love it now so you went on this path and you you learned so much especially about um about yourself about how to train how to feel correctly um how to use your menstrual cycle and like charting to actually take advantage of all of that you said this next interesting thing which some ears some trained ears may have perked up and heard which was I've looked the
1: best I ever look I've Mm. ever looked what does that mean to you um I think it's the that means to me like I can stand like with confidence and I can stand like proud because like I'm not the skinniest I've ever been and And that's what made me realize going through my whole journey of being smaller doesn't mean being happier. And that's, Mm -hmm. like, the biggest piece of it right now is, like, I'm, yeah, sure, like, I'm heavier, but, like, I just, I've got muscle, I've got energy, I've got, I'm strong, and I just feel, like, so good about myself. So that's in terms of, like, why I look the best. It's not necessarily fully body composition, but it's fully, like, confidence and it's fully like um yeah just feeling good
0: yeah when you feel good when you have that confidence when you stand taller Mm. that is what makes you attractive to other people that is what makes you interesting and special to others which if we actually like look into our intentions behind weight loss and overtraining and under eating our intention is to be special to be loved to be noticed by others most of the time um Yeah, so that's why I love asking that question. It's it is, isn't it nice to look to reflect and be like, look, I'm training less, I'm eating more, and I have, like, those are things I was afraid to do because I was afraid I would lose, you know, the love, the self confidence, um, but I have it. I actually, have it with all those things. Mm. more even like crazy mind blown emoji (laughs) and it was so it was so much work before and I don't I don't know about you but I wasn't getting it I wasn't getting that love there are people who will say and you'll have clients too right who were like but you know I would get this attention like I actually think that you know, I I was more confident when I was smaller. Like I do hear these things from time to time. Um, and I hear these things from people that are still in the suck of it. It's that they're just not yet on the other side. You don't know that yet. Um,
1: I forget where I was going with that. But. <laughs> no, yeah. I think it's just the piece about um, learning that confidence doesn't necessarily, and acceptance from others doesn't come from externally, it comes from internally. So as soon as you learn to love yourself and love your body, you can, you can do anything. respect. Mm. Yeah. Treat it with love and respect. It's that's where the validation comes from. We don't need it from other people. We learn to do it from ourselves. And I think that's, yeah, that was a major growth moment for me when I figured that out. Yeah. So cool. So mentally, what do you think were the
0: biggest hurdles that you were overcoming? I feel like you've touched on them, but just to Mm. re-emphasize the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome and like what advice do you have them
1: Mm. my biggest hurdle honestly was the fear of getting fat like boom yeah i love when people just say it just like say it for what it is yeah yeah it was freaking terrifying because it just like I, I like it affected my food it affected my exercise it affected everything just this belief that if I ate more and trained less less I was going to get fat so that definitely was the biggest hurdle overcoming that it's it's just like building that trust and that knowledge of being like okay cool I can eat this and I can train this way and I don't get fat And I really feel like the only way like to fully believe that is doing it and building that self-trust because like you, like I studied for four years and like I've done so much education, like I knew what I had to do, but because of the the hurdles and the inner voice inside your head, like you're not listening to the science-based information because you're so caught up in your own belief system. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me to overcome because I was telling people to do a certain thing, but I wasn't doing because of, because Isn't of the it crazy. Voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yes, it's incorporating the, so my advice is yes, incorporating the nutrition and the exercise piece, but working on your self-worth and working on your self-confidence and working on you and who the hell you are as a person is so freaking important through the journey. And I think that's the most important thing that you need to be working on. If you're trying to get your period back and trying to get back into health and fitness, how you view yourself in the mirror is so, so important. So Like I'm so grateful for my journaling work, my affirmations. I've done a little bit of like hypnotherapy that really helped me as well, just to really change my belief system at like a subconscious level, not just like a surface level, because I don't think until you fully heal the wounds, you're never going to be able to change your behaviors.
0: Love it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know if it's it's fully relevant, but tell me a little bit about, your um you know reset and revive your life program you did not she did not ask me to talk to ask about these things guys (laughs) this is not like a plug i'm curious yeah like what's your approach what do you you try and help women with right now
1: yeah so like i said before it's just like in that space of a little bit of disordered eating tendencies and Um, definitely over, well, not overtraining necessarily, but just the wrong style of training for what the girls are trying to achieve. So I see it all the time, cardio, group fitness, just trying to burn calories. So my approach is... Like strength training, resistance training, training, like actually training correctly, learning how to apply progressive overload, learning how to manage your volume. So what you can actually like um, handle and recover from. And then the nutrition piece being, okay, um, what works for you? Are you, are you a macro counter? Are you an intuitive eater? Are you a mix and balance in between? Um, i believe that no person should be eating the same no person should have the same plan necessarily because obviously i've seen both sides of it i've seen the ugly side of my fitness pal that destroyed my life but now i can because i'm like such a have a nice relationship with it i can see it as okay cool this is actually a really objective tool that is a can be a tool in the toolbox if you are okay with emotionally with that so yeah so my coaching programs are all centered really around like performance, feeling good. Um, And I do a lot of work around body image, confidence, self-esteem. And that's what like I kind of go through in my 12 weeks that I have together in my containers. And then, of course, like the exercise and nutrition piece, exercise programs and their nutrition plan tailored to them. So, yeah, (laughs) that's kind of where I am with that a lot of stuff
0: yeah there's definitely people out there who are like i need to rebuild my relationship with exercise and with my body um yeah yeah, i I appreciate that i'm so glad to see so many like uh programs like this coming out by health and wellness and fitness influencers, if you will because it's just a cool shift where we're we're fighting against you know like Join my 12 week get ripped quick. I know bull crap. You know so, so that's really cool. I'm I'm glad you're able to share. Where can people find about that? Find out about
1: that. Um, yeah, over on my Instagram, Green Wellbeing is my handle. Um, yeah, that's where I am.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for getting up in the early hours of the morning to um, record this episode with me. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me and being able to share my story. And thank you for everything you're doing, because I know like me, you know, two years ago needed something like this. So absolutely. You. Appreciate it. I can't believe it's even been that long. <laughs>
0: all right well thank you so much everyone have a really good day and we'll see you guys next week Bye. hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option so many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So tempdrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking all of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know just using it good old thermometer, We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status like where you are in your monthly cycle so you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups so i personally love this because with a toddler my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult so temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature this includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using opks and then it also gives you sleep insights too so you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window confirm ovulation plan for your period and if you're trying to get pregnant you know identify whether or not you are pregnant. So, whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, Temp Drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So, track your ovulation in real time with the Temp Drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition beef liver capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for You know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending grassland nutrition beef liver capsules for years now. And the Capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp. Because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones so rather than eat seaweed snacks every day i get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine so if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver get 10% off your order with the ha society and support your favorite podcast along the way They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use H.A. Society, just H.A. Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code H.A. Society.